0: music appreciation what's good everybody this is Scoober Dubert, and welcome back to love music more today i want to talk about combining notes into beautiful harmony and a thing called inversions so what this is is you know, you can have a single note, you can have multiple notes, but the order of those notes is actually super, super important. And I broke out my little tiny baby 24 key midi keyboard (laughs) to demonstrate at least a little bit of this. And I hope that you checked out that last podcast with Dom, because that's part of the reason why I'm doing this pod is, you know, talking to these great individuals and and feeding off that inspiration, you know, because you talk to somebody that loves music at that that level at that depth. And then it it takes, you know, takes a that that next week for me to even digest all of it. And I'm writing more, I'm thinking more about music. I'm all hyped about it. And I hope it's doing the same thing for you. So let me maybe spark another little bit in this little solo pod of mine. So every note On its own, is kind of like thinking about a point in space. So think about just a dot. That's a C, the go to example note. So a C is a C is a C. They're all the same note, but they're different. They're divided by an octave. So you can think of this like the color, you know, blue or whatever. It's the color blue, but it can be expressed in a variety of different ways, but it still is unified as blue. But there's something even more kind of magnificent about that relationship is that it gives us a foundation on which to build everything. And it's a foundation that I think even like an alien might observe in the same way that You have like a triangle. The simplest shape is a triangle. So when my friends have tried to hit me with conspiracy theories, maybe after smoking a little bit too much marijuana, and they are trying to say, hey, man, why? Why are there pyramids? I say, what's the simplest shape that you can build? A pyramid. Mind blown, right? But there's a reason why... um, you know, CGI or video games, these things use a series of triangles to build models. So if you have interlocking triangles, you can create the illusion of uh, three-dimensionality, of, you know, wrapping things around. And it's also the simplest shape, so it saves in processing power if a triangle is your fundamental basic shape. And what I'm trying to say is that I bet you aliens know about triangles if they do exist. And I bet you aliens know about octaves. So when I'm dealing with harmony, it all starts with that, the octave. You can play a series of these three octaves in unison. It doesn't really feel like a chord, but it certainly feels supported or you can kind of spread those out. But that's giving you that sense of home. And then as you fill it out, I like to think of it like you have that point in in space, and then you build a line using the perfect fifth. So this is like a hollow chord or a power chord. And if you add the octave, say on top and bottom, maybe I add an octave of that perfect fifth and that is a nice triumphant chord that is devoid of anything but two notes just repeated. And so now what I'm doing is I'm introducing that little sense of geometry. I like to use geometry when I'm thinking about music and chord progressions and stuff like that because it is it is like the perfect metaphor for me at least. Geometry in colors is when I'm Adding complexity, it's like building on a foundation. You have that ground floor of, say, the octave and the perfect fifth, and then you're gonna start adding some spice to it, like a third, maybe a seventh, maybe you start, you know, kind of messing, messing around and putting some things in places, up and down, like. But really, fundamentally, inside of that, you got. That's your backbone. That's your foundation. That's that line. Then on top of it, I already just talked about the third, but like thinking like of a triangle, root, third, fifth. That's the basic chord right there. That's C major baby. That is the major chord, the big guy. Um, But I like to think of that as my triangle, right? So it's a triad is the other term for it. Three notes. But the beauty of this is I can... I can start shuffling these notes around and that's where that's the point of this pod here is like trying to talk about how it's not as blocky as sometimes music theory or music appreciation classes make it out to be. You can move this stuff around. Um, and so like say say I've got uh, these three notes. I'm going to use that principle of the octave to throw them somewhere else. So I'm going to take that third instead of playing it there, I'm going to play it down an octave. And I'm going to leave the other two notes the same. So it'll sound like this. Do you hear how different that sounds from this? Same notes. You're just using that octave flexibly. And say, for example, I want to move this, the root note, that C, up an octave. Just like we were talking about at the very, begin, the very beginning of this podcast, the single point. So I'm going to move that up. I'm to move the third down. And then we'll leave the fifth where it is. And it sounds like this, Versus. Versus. Same notes, just using that principle of the octave. And you can get crazy with that. Like picture a, um, an, an entire orchestra and you have the tiniest little sound coming out of the highest register of a violin and then the lowest possible sound coming out of a tuba. Now you have that huge, huge expanse between those two notes. Um, I can't do this on my little keyboard, but like, you know, (laughs) down there and, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? So like that, that kind of space allows you to create emotion and color without really having to create a lot of complexity. And so you can combine the timbre, the essential sonic qualities of a musical instrument. So the thing that separates a violin from a tuba, the different overtones and articulations and the way that it sounds. You can use that and combine it with the separation, that octave effect of creating these open chords. So quite open, or you can be pretty closed. Separating, opening, or closing. And one of the beautiful things that um, great composers and great arrangers, everybody, you know, video games scoring to you know working on Max Martin um, Broadway show to the Beatles and to like trap music. I'm serious. You play with open and closed to create this dramatic effect where you're able to keep things very simple, but the location of the notes from each other changes to create this illusion, this feeling of like resolution and forward momentum without actually having to do that much in terms of the notes. And the fun, fun things like on top of all of this is, is that this remains your foundation, even in very advanced harmony. Like you can get, you can get really noodly with this stuff. And sometimes I do, but in, you know, in most of my music, I keep it pretty like grounded on this stuff, but really what you're doing for a lot of complex harmony is you're just stacking chords on top of each other. You have your C major and say, I want to like play some more notes on top of it. Sounds nice, right? So that is a C major with that major 7 added and 4 notes. So now it's like a square. And then you can add a little spicy note. Be a 6 if it wasn't for the 7. Or, um, you know, we're talking like a 13. It's nice, right? Um, But all of these fancy names are really just playing a bunch of notes on top of each other. So if I take a C major, I'm going to throw that down. I'm going to throw a D major on top of it. Hear how fancy that sounds? I'm going to do a hold. That sounds like jazz, right? Um, that's really just two chords, simple chords stacked on top of each other. But what you're doing, and that's why I like the, you know, thinking about geometry and colors, is that as you draw one floor on top of another floor. Now, all of a sudden you have complex architecture or as you draw and you pull like another angle into the chord. So like, for example, like something like this, that, this, that note right there, instead of that, that just like, it gives you like a breath of this new color, this new spice. And so I I kind of reach in between those two thoughts is the, the groove, the ordering of sound and rhythm creates like the bones. And then the harmony ends up filling in the gaps in those bones and drawing those lines and making those floors and those shapes. And they start to interact with each other. And then you start to sparkle spice on top, these colors to create a feeling of like Air in the room, so so to speak. I know this sounds kind of weird, but like, if you talk to a lot of musicians, um, they'll talk like this, and I'll, I'll try and get into it with some some um, instrumentalists and see if they if they agree. But like, I talk to jazz drummers; they think a lot in shapes, where like the you know snare drum, the floor tom, and the and the ride are all kind of interacting in a certain sort of way, and that keeps them focused because they're they're playing around in this shape. This this feeling of like a machine that they're a part of that you're able to dance within and articulate and stress other little bits. You can apply that same kind of thinking to harmony, the ways that chords flow from one to the next. So, like, here's a blocky way to go from C to F. And ain't nothing wrong with that. That can be really beautiful. But say that I take the Runo and I'm going to flip it up an octave, that's still C, same thing. It's just got a little bit of a different vibe, but same notes. So I'm using that octave. Now listen to how that ends up going to that same blocky F. It kind of leads in really nicely. Kind of nice, because you have the stasis of this note. Hear how this note is staying the same? It's not jumping octaves like it was there before. Already, that ends up like kind of feeling, to me as a musician, like they cared. They they were thinking. They weren't just playing letters. They weren't just playing chords even. They were playing the interaction of the two. And that's when it starts to elevate from theory to like beauty it ends up breathing that life into it and I'm not saying that you have to then get complex and be like but like why not you know like it gives you a little spice that's when it starts to kind of elevate where now it doesn't even just feel like chords it feels like a dance of notes not to make, make that like little thing that I made up super, super um, inflated but like, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that the spices the articulations, the voice leading where you're saying I'm going to move this note up an octave or I'm going to spread this chord out along the violin and the tuba and then make them come together those kind of intentional decisions create the emotion of the piece and it signals to me as the listener like you're doing the work you're making the choices because even if they're not choices that I would have made like the act of, I can hear your hand in the work. I can hear your instinct in the work. It's not just blocked out. And if it is blocked out, like make it intentional. You know what I'm saying? Like this, whatever I'm all over the place here, but like, Th- that kind of thing like where you're just doing that like there better be a reason it's not just because oh I didn't learn the other chords I didn't learn how to do it otherwise you know like at least give me like a little something just give me, give me a little something to to let me know that you're thinking about each of those notes and where they should be going you're a composer after all right and the the listeners, they, they, they get that without having to get it. You know, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's like, I don't have to perfectly understand three point perspective to look into a painting and say, wow, that looks like there's a real depth to it. Or I don't have to completely understand color theory to look at like, I don't know, another, like a painting or a mural or whatever and be like, yeah, that that's beautiful. Or I don't have to understand architecture to look at a building and think it looks cool. Um, but you, you end up like fee- feeling the technique, even though if you don't completely understand the technique, because the technique is like, is like res- responding to the medium rather than the medium necessarily responding to the technique, if that makes sense. Like that isn't a C major chord because I say it's a C major chord. Like we, we kind of already have this and now we got to work backwards. And the reason why we have this, I t- covered in another podcast, is the harmonic, um, um, kind of like series where there are a bunch of different notes baked into other notes, and um, I don't want to hash that all out, but check out those older podcasts if you want to listen to that. But basically, my my central theory or thesis or whatever is that a lot of the stuff that we do is kind of already out there in nature. We're harnessing it. We're giving it names. Music theory is kind of like grammar in language. You kind of come up with how to speak the language, and then you work backwards, well, what are the rules? And that's why some of the rules aren't so perfect, because if we didn't start with the rules, same thing with music. And, um, the rules are there so that you can understand how to make a sentence. And if you want to speak gobbledygook, you do that. And that can be really cool. Um, you can push it, you can invent a new language, but it's nice to be able to understand how to speak that language so you can communicate when you need to, the ways that you want to. Um, And it's sometimes nice as a listener to understand a little bit more of the language that they're speaking. Um, But anyway, there's all these different things that I can do. At at, at some point I'll I'll, I'll dig even harder into this, but basically like the main thing that I wanted to show is how you can move those things around. Um, And then when you, when you throw it onto a stringed instrument, you end up creating these um, interesting doubling effects. So like guitar chords and stuff like that, they're not laid out like a linear piano style. They're laid out all sorts of weird ways because the, the strings are tuned in fourths and fifths and all sorts of stuff on different instruments or different tuning styles. Um, but that that goal is to is still impart that C chord, but that's part of what makes a guitar sound like a guitar is that it plays a C chord in a different order than a piano usually. Um, but that's a cool thing for guitarists, if you are a guitarist, to think about is, you know, the value of playing other instruments is in part understanding how chords are laid out on your instrument or melodies are laid out on your instrument versus others. And then being able to borrow from the other things. So like one of the best things as a guitarist uh, to do when you're playing solos is to learn some saxophone solos. So you can understand like how those notes are typically um, executed on a saxophone, the articulation, the way that they're bent into, slid, slide, slided into all that kind of stuff. So that you can, you can copy that yourself. Um, Same thing with like understanding piano on guitar is that I can think as a pianist would on the fretboard and that can unlock some new stuff. Instead of only being locked into guitar mind, you can also open up piano mind onto the guitar and you can do some really cool things. Um, particularly as a recording engineer slash guitarist, you know, like studio session guy, like that kind of vibe. You want to find the place that you fit in. And one of the beauty of uh, keyboards, and I I talked about this with Luke from Great Good Final K, um, about how keyboards, you can fit this in to kind of anywhere you want, but you can do that on guitar too. You just got to think that way. Of like where in the arrangement frequency spectrum-wise or doubling-wise or in, you know, like, say everybody's playing this, like, ooh, on guitar, I could just, instead of playing those notes that everybody else is covering, maybe I hit them with the up on top. So now the whole vibe changes because now you're hearing this chord spread out between guitar and everybody else. And that's a beautiful thing. So if you can think like that on guitar, instead of just being like, oh, it's a C chord, I'm hit the C chord. It's like, oh no, like what if I just played a D and an A? A different power chord on top of the other power chord and now it creates this beautiful, complex, verdant, you know, vibe. Like that's really nice. Um, that kind of thing, that, that kind of thinking ends up opening up arrangement, and it, it did for me at least, um, on my primary of guitar because it's like I learned a little bit of piano, now I can think like that. Now I can think about those gaps and the beauty of recording especially with all the technology and stuff that we have is you can put those notes into all sorts of different physical locations in terms of like psychoacoustics like where you perceive them to be you can put them in those different places and that can add to that effect that i was talking about of the tuba versus the violin you can also play with behind your head on top of your head in front of your face close to you far away and if you want Maximum effect, and I think I might actually do this a little bit too much in my music, but like I'm doing it for me, not necessarily for anybody else, so whatever. Um, I'll bury some really interesting notes far in the background. So, like maybe the whole arrangement is just playing like a super simple chord progression or whatever. You know, they're just doing that thing. And, but it, it, way off in the background, I might be kind of like playing like, I don't know, like I'm trying to think of something. Like a little little line or something that's playing that's at, making the the chords a little bit more um, colorful, um, but it's like far off in the background, so it doesn't end up like clouding the chords necessarily or making it feel like it's overly complex. But it adds this extra layer of spice, so that maybe hopefully you'll come back to it later and it'll. Light, your, light up your brain, or you'll hear something on the 11th listen, you go, I never heard that little part that's way off in the distance, or that little guitar line that's adding all of this color, you know, that's, those are part. of the reason why I make music, and so that's why I do them, because it makes me happy, and hopefully it'll make you happy too, and, and maybe you'll hear them more now that I'm talking about this, and that's part of the reason why I like listening to music in headphones, because you can sometimes tell if the arrangers are, are adding those little Easter eggs, or those things for them, that you know, people don't realize how, how much I have to listen to my own songs when I'm when I'm making these things. And so it's like, I better like it. Um, and so in order for me to like it, I will add in some little things that make me happy every single time I listen to it. Because yeah, it's, it's like probably, I don't know, thousands. I should probably count. That would be kind of fun. Maybe I'll do that for my next record. Count how many times. <laughs> I don't think I'll do that. Um, count how many times I listen to the song all in all before um, it is locked in. It's a ridiculous amount of times. So you better like the music that you're making, Other than otherwise you're not going to listen to it enough for it to turn out good. Um, so anyway, I, I, I obviously I really like this subject. It's really difficult for me to completely explain. This would be like a cool thing to uh, maybe show off with an entire band someday because um, then you could have... M- more kind of interaction between the different instruments, so yeah, if I'm ever like cool enough to do one of those um live podcast things, um, that this that would be that would be one of the topics anyway, chords are really awesome. I hope you like chords. I really like chords. I hope that this was entertaining. I know that it was kind of long and winding roady, but um, I was trying to do my best to explain this somewhat difficult concept. I guess to recap. Um, Bouncing things from octaves, bouncing things from location, bouncing things from register and timbre can all create the illusion of more complexity or more emotion even in just a triad or a power chord. By putting them into interesting places, you can achieve interesting results. And on top of that, if you want to add spice, um, complexity, extra dimensionality and extra colors to these chords. Sometimes you can do that in really creative ways that don't end up pushing the pop music into jazz music or orchestral music, but it uh, instead allows you to explore that stuff, but in like a palatable, reasonably distanced, I guess like non foreground kind of way. Um, and like also turning them on and off. So like my song memory land, um, to see the, I want to see the colors like I used to because it was the line. I was talking about wanting to see colors like I used to. like the, you know, um, There's like memes and stuff about uh, the world through a child's eyes and it's always oversaturated and stuff like that. Um, but in, on, on those lyrics, I add a whole bunch of harmony, interesting, colorful notes. Um, if anybody wants to transcribe that, go for it. Uh, it. It's got a lot of stuff going on, but it's segmented into just that one line because I'm trying to hammer home that colors idea. And so maybe subconsciously people feel like colors and their eyes open a little bit wider because there are more and more expressive and beautiful notes on top of a simple harmony. And then they're gone. You know, tricks of the trade. Anyway, if you enjoyed this, please, I invite you to subscribe and rate this five stars. We'll be having guests on um, hopefully every other week. That's kind of our goal. Um, somewhere, Somewhere in there though. Um, and then I'll be doing these solo podcasts, sometimes with a 24-key uh, MIDI keyboard and sometimes without, um, explaining some of these musical conte- uh, uh, concepts, talking about how they flow into my music and some of the things that I've heard, and also responding to these guests. So please check, check that out and check out my music at scuba-dubert.pizza if you're interested. Scoobarduper.pizza is the place to find it. And I'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.